0: Welcome to the In Vino Fab podcast. I'm Laura.
1: And I'm Patrice.
0: In Vino Fabulum means in wine story, and there are so many tales that need to be told about women from all walks of life and their communities paired with wine, of course. The In Vino Fab pod is a place to learn and a space to share stories about work, interests, passion projects, issues, and random wine facts. Well, Patrice, it's another day, another episode. Um, and this episode, I thought we'd get real about What happened last week at the U.S. Capitol? Um, There was probably not anyone who's not heard of it yet, but just in brief, we had a group, a large group of individuals um, break into the U.S. Capitol and do some damage, um, scare the shit out of a bunch of people and try to prevent um, the counts of the election. And so the certification of the election to go on. I had learned about this by hopping on a call with Patrice because I was not talking to anyone in America that day until that point in time. So um, how did you learn about this?
1: Not surprisingly, I was in a lot of meetings that, that day and a colleague of mine texted me and said that his phone was blowing up with people texting him like, are you seeing the news put on the news? Um, so I, I, of course then texted my daughters who like are in the same house as me, <laughs> um, to ask what was going on and they told me, and as soon as I finished up my last meeting, I put on the TV and I don't think we moved, you know, we were glued to the TV the rest of the night until we, um, you know, eventually went to bed and yeah. just feelings of shock and surprise and, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was a bit surreal what happened on January 6th. We're just recording it the Monday after this Wednesday. Um, I was not really shocked by it um, because I didn't find it that surprising. Um, This has kind of been the undercurrent in the U.S. for some time. And it was a bit surreal to me. Um, So I didn't have the TV on the whole time, but it was being processed in our house. And I just was disgusted by the lack of um foresight because we both live and work on s- media that's social. Many people saw this coming. Like this was something that was well planned. There were well coordinated, organized um group of people that came together, but from different factions all from the internet, planning on everything from Facebook, Twitter to parlor to other sub threads. Um, so this was not a surprise to anyone out there in the internet world. Um, so I was a bit disappointed and really disgusted by someone who's supposed to be a leader to incite the sort of violence and mob mentality. Um, So I was just really, yeah, I really saddened for America that day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think many, many people expected something to happen. And in some ways, I think some people expected almost, I don't know, something Worse is the right thing to say so much as something different, right? Like expected people to show up more heavily armed with guns, bombs, you know, I don't know, you know, different things like that. I think certainly like watching it unfold and watching them just essentially walk right into the Capitol and seeing what was going on. You're right. It was surreal and even like even if you expected something to happen, like watching it unfold was still shocking. And, you know, it's it's led to a lot of, of conversations with, you know, a lot of different people. And in talking to people who, you know, live here now, but grew up outside of the US, you know, they look at us like, how could you be like, like what makes you think it couldn't happen here? But I think, you know, we, whether, it, you know, I think we certainly have grown up thinking that something like that could never happen here, which, um, and, you know, I, think one of the things that, so, you know, when it happened, we reached out to all of our faculty to help them think through, it was the first day of, of classes for our, our J term, um, and you know, one of the things that we've talked about in other situations as well is both the difficulty and importance of listening to all perspectives, and that there can, you know, in, in trying to, you know, if you're facilitating discussion, trying to keep it or ensuring that it remains constructive, but that there can be people in a conversation that have a different viewpoint than you that support this. And being able to handle conversations like that is, I think, a skill that I think we used to leave to just, like, certain people whose job that was. And it's becoming clear that I think more and more we all really need to be able to navigate, you know, navigate that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, One of my leaders took the day off just for mental health and well-being, and I supported her and sent her um, an article I shared out just on LinkedIn on how to talk about it with your team. And Patrice and I are talking from uh, US-centered roles, like we're living in the US right now. I'm not um, from America originally, I am an American now. And it's something that I thought was really important to share with her because it was the articles, like some of the key things are what you said is creating the space, um, acknowledging what's going on with this traumatic event like this, and then affirming people uh, but doing that in an individual and personalized perspective and, and everyone's going to comment in it a different way and they're going to look for support. That's very specific to them. And there's so many nuances. And I don't want to be naive to say that. Um, I don't know. I was a bit upset with um, someone within my division did say like, I have to be impartial and unbiased. And I honestly Patrice, struggle with that because I think the more naive we are about not saying something or speaking up against like hate the more we almost let it happen. And so part of me is torn in that aspect. And I don't know how you're feeling because I know you are a leader in your org. Um, How how do you gauge that? Because you are going to have different people on your team taking different perspectives and thinking about it differently.
1: Well, I think, you know, just first starting by creating space, for conversations and space for people to share. I think it's especially important and hopefully you've created these ahead of time, right? Where you have a space where, um, you have norms and ways of talking with respect. And when people have a a different, you know, a differing opinion of communicating that, um, in a, in a positive way, I, you know, I, I, um, I have not had a conversation where I had to navigate what I was mentioning earlier, right. Where somebody was, you know, a a complete 180. And I I think some of that likely has to do like being in the education space, you know, not everyone is of the same opinion. Um, And I think what I've found and what, you know, like I've even talked with my, you know, my kids about when somebody has an opinion that's different from you is, you know, you can start by asking questions like, you know, uh, you know, thank you for sharing that. Can you tell me more about that or you know how you came to that conclusion? or it would be helpful for me to learn more about that viewpoint. Could you share a resource with me? You know so so things like that to try and you know um, you know a- allow everyone to have a voice. Um, of course, that's different for if somebody is completely unrespectful or badgering you know, or things like that. I think, you know, a, a difficult space that I've seen a lot of my friends be in is social media, right? Now we're all in spaces where we're connected with people that have all different opinions and everything, you know, they're, they're posting misinformation or, you know, or different things. And I see a lot of people getting into like, what, how, do, how would you describe it? Like, you know, Facebook arguments? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. calling out um digital dragging yeah i know it's a lot of back and forth that i just like the idea of the if it's not just asking someone how they're feeling it's just letting them know hey you you might need some time to process this and take them all the time you need to process your emotions and if you want to talk about it come my door is open sort of thing and now it's your virtual door so come and message me and i'm happy to meet yeah. up with you and have a chat face to face on screen I do think, um, and something I heard on a couple different podcasts that I listened to, both political and non-political ones, is it's naive to think that this country represents all America and always has been. I I moved here first in grad school in two thousand three, and there was a first, and within my first month, I was a residence hall director just in upstate New York. Um, I heard someone use the N word, and I was like, "Holy shit!" That's said here. And I realized that this country, like my one that I came from Canada is very young and some of the issues of history really have not been reckoned with. And the Mm -hmm. root problems of that we're seeing today have been underlied like in the undercurrents for years and years. Um, Sam Sanders put an article out. He does the podcast. It's been a minute and he used to do the political beat for NPR. um, And it's called the lies we tell ourselves about race. Mm -hmm. And I think he's right to say is like his question was what would happen if we decided to be more honest about race the next time our nation found itself at a racial flashpoint, like what might be lost, what might be gained. And I think seeing that scene on Wednesday was different for me, a a white immigrant than it would be from some other affinity group. um, Someone else that's a person of color who's black, indigenous, um, I can only imagine how, how friggin' scary that was. And, and maybe that's been the America they've always seen. And Now it's just out in the open more publicly now.
1: Yes. I think all of those things are, I, I think it's been really, I think people are also doing a lot of sense-making. Yeah. And trying to make sense of it and trying to figure out a path forward. And of course there is no easy path and, you know, trying to make sense of, you know, the people that are saying we need to just move forward and. I don't
0: like, think we can.
1: You know, you know what, what does that mean? Like yeah. just move forward. Like we certainly can't move forward with, to your point, without reckoning with what has happened in our past and what, you know, what has happened most recently.
0: I don't want to undercut the the great win in Georgia and taking the house. Um, but it's not just about politics. It's about, policies and systems and practices and i i don't know i think this country will have to come to a head um and do some sort of reconciliation whatever that looks like from the civil unrest racial and civil unrest to um it's something canada did at 150 years we did uh, the indigenous reconciliation project and reconstruction like it's around the rights and the lands that we took from the native people in canada i don't know maybe america will have to be thinking on that at some point. And um, I don't think we could move forward without dealing with what's happened in the past because it really impacts where people are positioned today, like not just physically, but like I guess uh, socially, politically, and all that as well.
1: Yeah. And I think this is another moment in time when it all seems overwhelming, you know, and you start to think, like, well, what can I do? Like, it's just like it's too much to you know, remember the idea of circle of influence, right? And like, what is my circle of influence? And what are small are actions that I personally can take to start to shift the story a little bit? Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I was at a session earlier where that that was being discussed. And I think the other important things that they highlighted were... Um, it, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier is to continually monitor your physical and mental health and to know what your limits are and when you need to take a step back and take a day off or find somebody to talk to or seek out some sort of support system. Um, And especially, you know, I think a question of, um, like, you hear a lot, like you know, people are growing tired, right? Like it's like it's just this constant emotional roller coaster. And what do we need to do to, you know, because there's still so much work to do to make sure that um, people are supported and, and you know, doing this work and
0: working on ourselves. It's a it's going to be a marathon, like for this work. Yeah. It's going to be honestly probably. A decade or two and this it's right it's incremental um i'm just glad we could have a just a brief chat to talk about it because i think we all need some sort of form of care um mm-hmm. whether inside or outside the us these these kind of actions impact how we think about things how we see the world um what we're doing with one another and i just appreciate uh, hearing some, some ways that you're thinking about it and if any of our listeners want to share what they're doing to support themselves, support the people they work with or live with, we'd love we'd love to hear from you. Um, and we're just sending our our hearts out to all of y'all um, as we think about what kind of determination, resilience we're going to need, you know, to work on some of these things.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Until next time.
1: To catch the next episode, be sure to subscribe to InVinoFab wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at InVinoFab, and we'll always welcome comments and messages sent by tweet, private message, or email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. Cheers! Cheers!